you can fly a Cessna 172, a Cessna 152, a Cherokee. They all would fall under all of that. With that, uh, with jets, you have to go to this intensive training that's very expensive uh, for that exact jet that you're on. Yeah, the FAA so just you, you, deemed that you know these machines are too complex just to say that you can fly the Boeing 73, you can go fly the Airbus. 320 you you have to have specific training just for that machine that's how complex they are hi welcome to the pro pilot playbook i'm mike martin and i'm sean ritchie and this is the youtube channel that you guys all subscribe to to learn to be pilots faster and cheaper and uh, we're here to bring you information, hopefully weekly, that will help you launch your career. Yeah, yeah. We're not just on YouTube, though, Mike. Don't forget, you know, iTunes. And, <laughs> That's know, right. Amazon, whatever. We're like 15 different platforms. And the yep. show is going great because all you guys are tuning in watching us. And yeah, yeah. greatly appreciate it. Our viewership has gone up uh, tremendously in the last few months. So we, we do appreciate all the viewers. Yeah. And I, Mike, I right away... Um, I'm sure people are noticing your uh, your your backdrop. There. My new office. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's changed. <laughs> Something's different. Uh, yeah, yeah. So we're trying to do these weekly now. Um, so sometimes Sean and I aren't always together in Cincinnati. So uh, yeah, I'm on a trip right now. I'm in Chicago, the great city of Chicago, uh, and I'm on the pier actually here on Navy Pier, right on the right on the water here. Uh, there's a new hotel. It's fantastic, um, a Hilton that is actually at the end of the pier and that's where i'm at so the view is a bit distracting these speedboats are going by with like 400 tourists on it you know <laughs> as, I, as i as i sit but you know actually the weather here it's very nice temperature wise but uh there's a major major visibility problem uh and the air quality is terrible but uh so i guess i'm sure you read about it sean but there's been some fires in canada forest fires that smoke mm -hmm. has blown south um it's even in cincinnati too but it's yeah. even worse here um so we were uh, let's see uh the visibility was down to a mile and a quarter um this morning and uh, uh it, it improved a little up to maybe two miles but we had to shoot an instrument approach in, into here uh, are you a, are you at uh, midway or where'd you guys come uh, into we actually use gary uh, okay uh, it's it's works out fantastic yeah if oh, you're trying to yeah, get i'm familiar i'm familiar with gary yeah, just going there yeah. all the time that's uh yeah, michael no. jackson's boyhood home is That's there right. in Gary, Indiana? You got a moonwalk in front of his I, house. That's I have a picture Instagram. of me doing the moonwalk in front of Michael Jackson's boyhood home. <laughs> back when we were flying charter, you know, and I'm in my 20s, you know, I, it was hilarious back then, you know. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah. So, no, uh, shout out to the folks at Gary Jet Center. Beautiful FBO there. The runway is fantastic. It's like a almost 9,000-foot runway, and uh, – just, uh, you know, compared to that gridlock of Chicago Midway, I mean, there's really just no comparison, really. Sure. And but, Midway's uh, super expensive. Yes. Yes. There's always that. That's for sure. You know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So uh, the episode we're, we're making today, uh, this is, you know, we do episodes on specific questions that people put in that are great. And please keep those coming in. It helps us find things. But what we're get, getting now, same as the last episode that we made, it's just a a ton of the same type of questions you know sure um so we're trying to combine that but there is a very basic question and you already saw by the title that uh a ton of people ask 
and it's not just you guys. It's whenever you meet somebody that's a pilot, they say, what do they say, Sean? So I can just go over there and get my pilot's license at the little local airport and I can come to work for you, fly jets. Or, or <laughs> there's a story about their uncle. You know, oh, my uncle's a pilot. Oh, yeah, who's he fly for? Oh, well, he, um, he, he rents Cessnas and uh, he, take, he took us for a ride one time. Yes. So there's, yeah, there's different. Uh, like, my neighbor has a jet license. Sure. He's got a jet license. Yeah. 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 It's a common so, misconception. It's it's not just one license. You know, there's uh several layers to this cake here. So that's what this episode's about. We're gonna break down the uh each layer of that cake to keep that analogy going, and we're we're gonna bring them to you, present them in the order that the typical order one would um acquire them. Yeah, yeah, that's great. So uh, let, let's start at the beginning. You know, um, you, you basically become a student pilot. And, and, and in order to do that, you just obtain a medical from an aviation doctor. And then you're you're good to start your flying. So now you kind of got to decide what your first rating is going to be. So um, historically, it's always been the private pilot's license. And that allows you to fly Cessnas and good weather and all that. And that's by far, I would say, the most common one there are. Two other ones that are a little newer, and Sean, what are those? You could tell them. Sure. So besides the private pilot certificate, we'll use. Um, everybody calls it a license, even even in our industry. You notice Mike just said license, but we'll, um, as it's described in the federal aviation regulations. So there's certificates and there's ratings. So that first one, like Mike just mentioned, is the private pilot certificate. But the FAA a few years back. Um, well, actually, one of them's been around for a while. They they created two layers below the private, simpler things to obtain, and they are they have more restrictions on them of what you're allowed to do with these certificates. But um, they're the recreational pilot certificate and the sport pilot certificate. And anybody that's listening to this, we're assuming that you're wanting to be a professional pilot in some manner, airlines, corporate, charter, right. that kind of stuff. So. Uh, that there would be no use in chasing after a recreational or a sport pilot certificate. Um, in my right. opinion, in our opinion, it would be a waste of your time and money. Uh, I, unless you make it like yeah. ha- halfway through and decide you don't want to be a professional and you just want to draw a line in the sand and just get the recreational. But yeah, the recreational is the next one down. And this one, Mike, you were just looking at it. Um, yeah. So yeah. I'll let you. Yeah, the recreational. Yeah, yeah, the recreational license was out when um, uh, when I was training, and it's not a it's not a bad thing to get. Um, it's a couple more steps that if you're trying to get to the ultimate goal of get your get your ratings in quick as as cheap as possible, that you really don't need to do. But it's not all bad. So basically, it's a private pilot's license minus all the training that you do for cross country is an easy way to do that. So um, you still learn down to land. You learn everything about the airplane, and you learn how to fly it. You solo it all of that stuff. Um, but you don't do the portion of your training where you have to fly to these airports that are great, greater than 50 miles away and learn how to, you know, navigate from around your base airport. Um, and, but so what it enables you to do, and you don't do your night training. So what that enables you to do is to fly around your home airport in good weather and take people flying, you know, up to one person or something, your friends. Um, and, uh, honestly, a lot of 
people that learn to fly, that's all they really do. They just rent a plane for an hour and they go up and fly around. So for some people, it works great. The other thing that was neat about it is it's just a progression in your path. Um, So it kind of breaks up the pilot's license and, you know, gives you some momentum because you've got something. And you don't really waste your training. So you can get endorsements for each individual thing. So you could do your night training after your recreational license and your instructor could give you a night endorsement. Then you can fly at night. Um, So you can get different ratings along the way. But uh, the reason why it's just right. right. The reason why I was saying for somebody that's wanting to be a professional, you wouldn't really. I mean, I guess you could, but in my mind, I just viewed it as you'd be wasting time and money preparing for a check ride and, and, you know, you could just keep on trucking through and get your private. Um, But it is, it does have a purpose. If you were just wanting to get your pilot's license to take your kids for an airplane ride, then yeah, go for it. Yeah. Yeah. It's fun, fun to have. A lot of money and time. Uh, the other yep. one is the sport pilot's license, and this yes. thing is very – oh, we should mention with the recreational license, you can rent normal airplanes or own an airplane. A normal – when I say normal, I mean like an like a Assessment. Cessna 172 or one of the Piper, Piper type things. Yep. And you could even – yeah, but the sport pilot's license, the next one, this one is the newer one, the newest of them. And this thing only requires 20 hours of training. Uh, you don't have to have a medical. Uh, you just have to have a valid driver's license. So whatever the DMV yeah. did when they checked your eyes, and uh, well, that's pretty much all they do, uh, yeah. <laughs> they, they claim that you know, you're good enough to do this sport pod. But there's a bunch of restrictions. Um, the aircraft... Uh, they created a whole new, this light sport category and Cessna sells some of these things. And there's a whole bunch of other uh, makes of these out there. There's these, they look like tiny little airplanes almost made out of fiberglass, most of them. Um, But there's a bunch of restrictions on what that airplane can't weigh so much and that kind of stuff. And the sport pilot's license, you can only have up to one passenger. You can't use this license to, if you're traveling for work, um, you can't use it to further your business. There's a bunch of restrictions on it, but it's, it, it, I almost after reading it, Mike, um, right. you know, altar lights have been around forever and, and, but the sport, the sport light sport aircraft are a little bit bigger than an altar light, but, right, I almost, right, yeah. but you don't need anything to fly an altar light. You can just go buy one of these things and go out there and kill yourself if you wanted. <laughs> yeah. Uh, be careful. Yeah. yeah. But, um, I almost feel like the FAA created the sport pilot's license thing just to, cause the airspace is getting so, you know, everything's getting busy out there and, and congested. I almost feel like they created this as an easy jumping off point for somebody that may fly an ultralight or something yeah. to, uh, to get them some training, you know? So we used to right. have a bunch of, you know, people willy nilly flying around in aircraft and getting themselves in trouble. But, right. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So, so we got our private pilot certificate. Private. Uh, the next progression. Typically, it's the instrument rating. Instrument rating, <laughs> which is not a certificate. This is just a add-on to a certificate. It's a little confusing until you start getting in there and looking at it all. But um, it's not a separate certificate. It's just a an additional thing that allows you to fly without being able to see out the windows basically everything you've been doing up to that point with your private pilot certificate is um looking out the window and using the ground as reference to things 
So right. adding on that instrument rating is, uh, is the next step and allows you to land like Mike just did in Chicago, not being able to right. see out the windows. Um, one thing we skipped over though, the private pilot certificate uh, takes 40 hours is the minimum requirement. I would say the average, I should probably, I'm just guessing here. Um, I'm guessing the average is probably 60-ish maybe. 60, that's what I, I remember you know, from when we were doing it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, right. And then yeah, yeah. The instrument, the instrument rating, you know, that's what I would say is that's a very important rating because you, that's what you use all throughout your career. Nobody flies jets, you know, visually uh, around right. the country um, um, or VFR, what we call them. Uh, it's all based on instrument rating. And the things you learn there, those things you study will be applied throughout your career. Yeah, I would say it's probably the hardest uh, out of all the training. People seem to struggle the most with the instrument rating stuff. Um, mm -hmm. It's just a whole different basket of rules. And I don't know, for some reason people, well, especially back when you and I did it, Mike, you know, we didn't have moving maps and all this stuff we had back round, in the good old days. Man. Yeah. Round gauges. And, uh, yeah, it is a little different back then, but it was, man. Yeah. It's definitely easier now with the electronics. Right. For sure. Absolutely. And then the instrument rating. So there is each one of these, it's not just a general, like I said, 40 hours on the private minimum. There's a whole bunch of, you know, little sub, requirements like so many hours across country so many hours of solo you need to have one solo cross country that meets certain requirements with so many airports right and that with the instrument rating is the same thing the biggest thing to check off the list of requirements on the instrument rating is the there's a 40 hour requirement of either simulated or actual instrument time and that's where uh you would be wearing the view limiting device which is either a hood right. We were just talking about this in one of the last prior episodes here. Or or they got these foggles, which are basically safety glasses, and the tops of them are all kind of scratched off so you can only see down at the instruments. But yep. uh, yeah. Then what do we got? Yeah. So then after that, uh, you have to get your commercial pilot's license. And what that rating does is allow you to fly for money. Um, and uh, it's, it's, a, it's a big step to move you towards a professional pilot. Um, so, yeah, that that rating uh, can be done. It's not done in a jet. It's done in the same small plane, Cessna or Cirrus or whatever the train Piper that they're training on now. Um, and there's some maneuvers and things that you do, some more advanced flight maneuvers to mm -hmm. show that you can really control the plane. Um, you do a cross country that's 250 nautical miles. So that's a long ways in a, in a Cessna um, or a really light airplane. Um, and you have to show that you have, you know, the navigational skills required to do that and the mm -hmm. flight planning and management, and, you know, it, it helps you deal with more. Typically, you're dealing with different types of weather when you're flying that far away. Um, so, yeah, that rating is a big one uh, once you get that. And uh, I think that's 250 hours total yep. time you, yep. you have yep. to have to have that. Right. And that's yeah. a certificate. That's all. That's a whole certificate on its own so you're going from a private pilot certificate to a commercial pilot certificate and then um another and then let's not forget hold on you, what are you going to say about the technical uh, airplane advanced type oh yeah the taa 
Yeah, that's one of the little sub requirements of the commercial. Used to be, Mike, when you and I did it, they uh, wanted you in a complex aircraft, which meant retractable landing gear, constant speed prop. So right. that was, you had to have so many hours of that. So that was a big thing. Fi finding a flight school with something like that, you could rent to get that time. Right. Um, but now they switched it over to a uh, technically advanced airplane, which is uh, more of what you'd be – they realized, the FAA realized that it's not really good for anything to have these guys doing complex airplane because, you know, that airplane's more expensive to maintain. You're just going to have flight schools with the crappiest thing out there possible. If it right. had retractable landing gear and a constant speed prop, that's not really helping anybody because as soon as they get all this, they're going to be sitting – eventually sitting in a jet staring at computer screens or at the airline staring at computer screens which don't even have round gauges we have speed right. tapes and altitude tapes um so they created this taa technically advanced airplane which is um like your garmin g1000 panel or you know the typical what you see in a cockpit nowadays the computer screens and great they have Cessnas out there. Cessna sells the G1000 airplane with the G1, Cessna 172 with the G1000 in it, um, which is uh, it's a pretty neat thing. That Garmin unit is uh, pretty amazing, actually. <laughs> right. Compared right. to what we right. had. It's a sweet, man. It is sweet. So then after that, you got to get your ATP license. Um, well, wait, wait we forgot one. We forgot one. Uh, the other, the typical, what somebody would do right after that commercial and you can do this anytime because it's a rating. Just like you don't necessarily, you could chase after your commercial right after your private and not even mess right. with the instrument. You could wait and do your instrument afterwards. Typically, nobody does that. Um, but there's the multi-engine rating. Oh, yes. Yeah, this allows you to fly an airplane with more than one engine. And typically, what folks do is add that on to their commercial. And uh, it's... It's uh, basically, it's probably the simplest out of all of them, it, to be honest. And it's the quickest. I mean, yeah. it really it really is. Six hours or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could be ready to take your check ride in less than 10 hours. And um, it used to be, Mike, when you and I came up, an airline wouldn't even look at you unless you had 100 or 200 hours of multi-engine time. That was the big thing right. everybody was big trying thing. to figure out how to get. Um, right nowadays, um, all you need is a multi-engine rating. You need the 10 or 12 hours you got when you got your rating added to your certificate and you're good for the airlines. Right. After the yeah. whole 1500 hour rule change with, with the ATP and everything. But, uh, yeah, sorry. I had to stick that in there. I can't, yeah. 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 So the ATP then is next, which stands for airline transport pilot. And that's what you need, really, to 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 become an airline pilot. And uh, uh, that's a extensive rating. There's a bunch of different hour requirements for that um, that that require a lot more than the 250 hours that you'll have when you get your commercial. So basically, not to confuse people, but that's why people get their flight instruction rating um, um, between commercial and ATP because it allows you to flight instruct people. And then log time while you're getting paid in order to move you closer to that ATP. Um, and one of our uh, biggest uh, videos, uh, actually, in the history of ProPilot Playbook is how to skip your CFI. Yeah. Um, and you can reference that video. There's other things you can do 
to gain that flight time to get you ready, you know, uh, then, then instruct. But the most common way is to get a flight instructor rating. Right. So the highest certificate there is, is the ATP. But while you were talking, I just thought of an interesting thing here. This could be a whole another podcast. Yeah. Um, you know, so what can I do with my commercial certificate? Does that mean I'm ready to go to the airlines, you know, with 250 hours? Right. Yeah. Right. No. So this is, yeah, just because it's it, the wording, the names of the actual cert certificates are confusing. You know, it sounds like a commercial pilot. Oh, I'm ready to go fly for Delta. A commercial jet. Yeah. Right. But it, yeah, that, that, that certificate's only required 250 hours to get the certificate the atp that you need to get on with the airlines requires 1500 hours so, so in order to get on with an actual airline or a company that's you know the faa uses the word holding out to the public which means offering travel or offering to fly your boxes your freight from here to there that's a different ball of rules basket of rules and that's the atp which requires 1500 hours 1500 hours but with the commercial, there's still plenty of stuff you can do with it. Right. Um, yeah, there's there's quite a few things. Yeah, you can do the aerial mapping or flight instructor. There's a couple of big ones. But um, sightseeing, I think you can do sightseeing flights and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, stuff like that. Yeah. But oh, there. One. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say we're we're rambling on here. We can't forget about yeah. the uh, what we titled this podcast. You know what we actually named it. Yes. <laughs> Go ahead, though. The what jet rating. Yeah, the jet rating. Uh, one thing I want to throw in, too, with each one of these licenses that you get, there's basically a uh, written test that you take, which is a, a multiple choice FAA written test that you can study for. And there's tools that help you study for those and practice tests and things like that. And then there's an oral test where the examiner, you sit down with an FAA examiner, and they can ask you things about the plane and things about your rating. And then there's a flight test um, where you actually get in the plane with the examiner and then demonstrate whatever's required for that rating. And then you get their certificate. Yeah. Sure. So after all of those check rides, and then you get all the way up to your ATP, uh, then you want to fly a jet. Right. So uh, that gets to the big ratings, and they're called type ratings. Um, and a type rating is required if you're captain on a airplane that's over 12,500 pounds or is powered by a jet engine or a turbo jet, they call it, not turboprop. So you right. can fly like a King Air doesn't require a type rating because it's a jet engine that drives a propeller. These are pure jets that you see. Um, they all require that. And, and the reason that came to light is, you know, there's a lot of light jets now coming out, like the Cirrus jet and things like that, that are jet powered airplane that are very fast but they're under twelve thousand five hundred pounds um, right. so pretty much any jet is required a type rating so that what a type rating is it's kind of in the name of the type it's a specific training highly tailored to that exact airplane mm -hmm. so even though sean and i are rated in you know these different business jets um if if somebody just handed us uh, a jet that we haven't flown like uh like I'm flying a Challenger now, if somebody just stuck me in a Falcon and I've never been in one ever my whole life, I wouldn't know how to fly it. I mean, I could maybe steal it if I I'm had sure you could. I'm sure you could fly it, but but you couldn't do it legally. Legally, right, right. So you, it's ever all the switches are different. Sure. Uh, some of them have different computer systems that operate differently. 
they work at different weights, thrust levers, uh, uh, limitations. There's different emergency equipment on the airplane. Uh, the, you have to learn all about the fuel burn, how to load it, the weight and balance. I mean, this is a lot that goes into it. So it's not like a private pilot's license. That allows you to fly. You can fly a Cessna 172, a Cessna 152, a Cherokee, you know, uh, uh, all, all a Piper Cub. They all fall under that. Uh, with the tailwheel endorsement, they all would fall under all of that. With that, uh, with jets, you have to go to this intensive training that's very expensive uh, for that exact jet that you're on. Yeah, the FAA so just you, deemed that you know these machines are too complex just to say that you can fly the Boeing seven three, you can go fly the Airbus three twenty. You you have to have specific training just for that machine. That's how complex they are, and the they operate right. differently the guts of them the mach- the machinery and the mechanics and the technology in them is so different uh you've got to yes. have a license just for that jet is the way i usually explain it to people when it comes to jets you got to have a license just for that jet but it's a type rating again this is a rating so it's an add-on just like the multi-engine rating, just like the instrument rating, it can be added on to any of the certificates. And the certificates are private, commercial, ATP, airline transport pilot certificate. So technically, you could have just a private pilot's license or certificate with an instrument rating. And um, if you're a wealthy individual and you go buy one right. of the Cirrus jets, you can get your Cirrus jet type rating added to your private instrument. I actually yeah, know I a guy. A golfer, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I've, I've seen this a couple times in my career. These guys, that they just have private instruments, but they own a little jet, you know, like one of those little, uh, what are the Mustang, that Citation, that, yeah, that, yeah. that little jet. Eclipse jet. Yeah, yeah, yeah the Eclipse jet. There's another good example. Um, but yeah, so that's basically the meat and potatoes of – not only the uh, progression, it's kind of a 40,000 foot overflight of the progression of getting all your certificates and ratings, but also kind of yeah. a description of them here. And just, to, it's kind of interesting. So what a type rating entails, um, these things are very expensive. You go to a, a school that has that, that supports that aircraft. Um, and usually there's only one or two, maybe in some cases, three schools in the whole world that handle uh, that plane. And uh, you can do it in the actual airplane, but nobody does that because of insurance reasons. And uh, also it's, it's super it's expensive. expensive. Yeah, but you can't yeah. do, you know, those simulators though. I mean, you can do things in simulators you can't do in a real airplane. Uh, right. Well, you like could do them on once. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So the, these pe- these places, these centers have these level D full motion simulators that are incredible. Um, the training is very expensive. It can range uh, from 20000 all the way to over 100000 per pilot, depending on the type of airplane. Obviously, the more advanced airplanes you get into these brand new golf streams and things like that, those can be six-figure type ratings uh, that, that these companies pay generally. Generally, the pilot doesn't pay. But once you get selected by the company uh, they and they know you're good, they'll train you in these very expensive planes. And it's very, very serious. I mean, uh, you'll you'll go away for a month typically. And uh, this is all you'll do every day. Um, And there's usually a very intensive ground school about eight hours a day for, you know, a week or two, where they go through every little thing with the airplane, how to operate all the systems, how to handle system failures, 
Um, then they bring you into a mock-up cockpit, or in some cases, they have these cockpit trainers that actually function like the real airplane, have right. you work on all your checklists and things like that to get you prepared. And then you go into the advanced simulator training where you're actually in the simulator for lots of hours. And you're, like Sean said, you know, they're catching the simulator on fire. They're they're uh, killing engines on you. They're, they're You're losing pressurization. You're right. mistakenly flying into terrain. I mean, you name it. Um, Somehow then, all your yeah. hydraulic fluids gone, <laughs> but no, it's, <laughs> yeah, it, it's that's, it sounds intense the way you just described it, but yes. I, for somebody, you know, in this career field, whatever, I mean, we, we like it though. I mean, learning right. a new airplane, it, it's, it's, I, it's very it's enjoyable exciting. to me. Yeah. I like sitting there and learning. You know, when I flip this switch on, well, it energizes this, opens this valve, which allows this to flow through and whatever. Of course, if you don't, well, I don't know. I, I love all that stuff. So yeah, I think most guys that fly airplanes do. Um, right. And usually, you know, when you're getting a type rating, you're advancing in your career. So sure. you, the normal progression typically is you're flying bigger and better planes as you advance in your career. So usually you're flying something newer and more exciting when right. you're there in school. So um, that makes you happy to do it. It really sure. does. Yeah, you know? it may yeah. even be a whole new job to, in general. You just got hired. Right. Now you're off in training. Yeah, yeah. So it's generally, uh, you know, a pleasant experience. Yep. Unless yep. you get that but, middle uh, of the night sim schedule. Unless you got like the, the <laughs> 3 a.m. slot. <laughs> that one isn't much fun. Yeah, so with the coronavirus and the pilot shortage, um, you know, a lot of these companies – are trading these jets. So people are buying bigger jets and then people that are just getting into jets are, are acquiring their first jet. Um, and uh, uh, there's a demand for pilots. So every time a pilot quits and you hire a new pilot, that pilot needs to be trained. So as you can imagine, in the last few years, the demand for these training slots is unbelievable mm. um, because you may have a you know wealthy person may buy a jet and then he may hire pilots but he still can't fly the plane. He's got a paperweight, we call it, because his uh, pilots haven't been trained. Um, right. So a lot of times there's waiting lists for these these training slots. And to Sean's point, you get it, man, and then uh, they're running those sim- – because there's only one simulator a lot of times for that plane. They're running that thing 24 hours a day. So you may get unlucky if you book late, and you may have that slot that you know is in the middle of the night, and, uh, uh, yeah, you're up all night you know, <laughs> trying right. to – try to train, you know, but, uh, it's all, it's always a good time. And, uh, these are great questions. I'm glad we got to explain it for everybody, you know? Right. Yes. And speaking of that, if you have a question you'd like us to get to here on the, on the show, you can email us at podcast at propilotplaybook.com and, uh, we'll get it up here. Yeah. And if you like this video, really encourage everyone to subscribe. We love our subscribers and, and, and we do have some great things coming up. Uh, we're in the works with something, a couple things in the next week. Uh, we're going to start to bring guests on the show and and really just take this podcast to the next level. So make sure you subscribe so you get that push message uh, whenever we put out a new one. Take a look at our course. It's fantastic. It really just teaches you everything you know to break into the industry. Uh, it's, an, it's not very expensive, and uh, it's a very extensive course. So uh, keep the questions coming. Keep the uh, uh, likes and subscribes coming. We love it. And we'll keep yeah. committing to give you good material. Yeah. Hit all the buttons. That's the easiest way to, <laughs> easiest right. way to say it. <laughs> yep. All right. Thanks, folks. We'll see you next week. Thank you.